Alrighty, g'day guys, how are we? Uh, we are back again with a, another episode. I am, of course, joined with my co-host, Dane. Dane, how are you? Not too bad. Yourself, Josh? Yeah, good, good, mate. Today we're going to be talking about Wurby Zoo. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about a story time that was uh, alluded to in the last episode. Now, I mentioned that I absolutely love the brush turkey exhibit at Melbourne Zoo. Now, here's why. Let me set the scene for you. It's a, a, a summer afternoon, right? Getting to the end of the day. Uh, zoo's about to shut. And I am hell-bent on seeing every single marked exhibit on the map in one day. Mm. Hell-bent on it. And, of course, the brush turkey exhibit is a relatively new exhibit at the time. And it's kind of off to the side, out of the beaten track. It's kind of, you know, out of the way, if you will. And um, i walking down there with, with my mum at the time. And she goes... Um, I, I think the map's lying to you, mate. I don't think there is anything down here. And I'm going, no, 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 we got to see it. We're going. Whether you like it or not, we're going to this brush turkey exhibit. We have to see it. And of course, we go all the way down there, turn the corner, bam, there it is. And from that day on, I have to go and see that exhibit. It's one of the first things that I do every time I go to Melbourne Zoo. <laughs> it's, is, it, is it petty? Is it a bit of spite? Potentially. Is it a bit of a na 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 na? Definitely. But here we are. <laughs> that's well, the brush turkey's biggest fan. That's that's my little story time. Absolutely, absolutely. Gotta love a brush turkey. Some people say they're vermin, but I love them. They're they're quite a unique animal, you know, the jet black feathers with the kind of a yellow yellowy neck and then the red head. Quite a cool little of course. quite a, quite a cool birdie. Uh, depending on who you ask, some people don't like them and spray them with water guns. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's that's because they also have a tendency to dig up people's gardens, uh, especially oh, up, up north where they're a lot more common uh, than down here. Anyway, so as I said, we're going to talk about Werribee Zoo. So for context, uh, Werribee Zoo is known as the Werribee Open Range Zoo. It is a uniquely African-themed park uh, based in the uh, west of Melbourne. Um, the park was originally established as a storage facility for Melbourne Zoo animals uh, and was quickly set up to be the park that it is today. And it is truly a fantastic uh, place to go to. Um, I've had the privilege of doing some behind the scenes type stuff down there as well uh, through different Keeper for a Day experiences and things like that. So we'll mention, we'll talk about those later on as well. Um, the park itself is... I believe the biggest in Victoria uh, and one of the biggest in the country because it is set up as an open range park. So a lot of the park is uh, open, op as I said, open range, but uh, they've got uh, these buses uh, that are set up for taking tours through the different areas and the, the safari, they call it, is set up into different microclimates as well. So you've got a lot of the African stuff is in or a lot of the, the main African stuff is set up in one spot. You've got the uh, water hole, African water hole animals that are set up just after the hippos. Before that, you've got sort of like the Asiatics and the um, Middle Eastern animals. Uh, so you've got things like Przewalski's horses. You've got, they're, they're a very cool species. We'll talk about those in a minute. Uh, camels, you've got uh, Adax, which is another, uh, no, sorry, Scimitar, Scimitar horn oryx, sorry. Not Adax. Adax are later on, I think, from memory. 
yeah. Anyway, uh, and just because you can, they've got American bison there as well, just because why not? Um, so there's that part of the zoo and they've got a few different uh, breeding programs set up at the park as well in different spots. Uh, so it's quite a fantastic uh, park to go to if you want to experience the open range side of things. Uh, it's very well set up. It's probably one of the best that I've uh, been to in Australia as far as that kind of setup, if you will. Um, so similarly to last episode, we're going to go through the lovely forum that is Zoo Chat and the list of species kept. And I'll just list off some tidbits of information here and there. Um, and Dane, feel free to jump in whenever you like. Uh, and then yep. we'll see where the discussion takes us from there. Um, so I did mention last episode that uh, Zoo's Vic, uh, which is, owns three of the main parks in Victoria, uh, Werribee, Hillsville and Melbourne, is looking to move their... Uh, Asian elephants across to uh, Melbourne, uh, Werribee Zoo in the next couple of years from Melbourne. Um, and from what I've seen of the plans of that, that's going to be a fantastic upgrade for them. Really excited to see how that will, will go in, uh, in the future. Um, that's going to be a really good, really good addition to uh, Melbourne Zoo and, and plus uh, Werribee Zoo, sorry, and giving that uh, bigger space to those guys as well. Not that uh, Melbourne Zoo space is anything to sneeze at, uh, but it's always good to give critters more where you can. Um, now, uh, Werribee has got plenty of zebra. Uh, the zebra at uh, Werribee Zoo are set up with uh, white rhinos, giraffe, ostrich. Uh, ooh, what's the other thing? Uh, water? No, not waterbuck. Um, Eland? I think they are, from memory. Uh, it's a species of antelope. Um, in this massive big uh, plain, which is set up along, basically along the Werribee River almost. Um, and you can see it, uh, a, little, a little local hint for anyone who wants to go down there. You can actually see those animals without going into the park. Uh, if you go into the Werribee Zoo entry, but then into the Werribee Mansion, for people that know the area, you'll get what I'm saying. There's a, a dirt road and you can look over the savannah. It's quite picturesque, I must say. Uh, quite a fantastic spot. Um, so that's the, the that area. Um, we spoke briefly about the, the Preswalski's horse. It's quite a fantastic story of uh, conservation, that, that species there. Um, essentially, they were almost deemed extinct in the wild. They're from Mongolia um, originally. And through wildlife parks and circuses collaborating, uh, wildlife parks and zoos and circuses collaborating, they were able to bring back a, a captive population of around about 300 from memory. Um, and from that, they've been reintroduced to Mongolia uh, and have made their way across to Australian collections as well. Um, so they're quite a, quite a, signpost species for the success of captive breeding programs and why zoos and what they do are so very important um, both now and into the future. Uh, we mentioned the Southern white rhinos that zoos Vic have, uh, Werribee Zoo have had an on-off relationship with breeding. They've had both successes and failures there. Um, quite an interesting animal. They tend to be quite stubborn. Uh, one of the rhinos at Werribee was either hand-reared or very had a very close relationship with keepers. 
Um, and I can remember from one of my uh, keeper for a day experiences, we're in a smaller bus. So they've got these like keeper buses or tour buses that are smaller than the, the main buses. The, the main buses are kind of like if people have seen the aqueduct buses in like Queensland and the Northern Territory, the ones that are a bus, but then they go as a boat. That's kind of the yep. best way that I can describe the, the Werribee Zoo tourist buses, I suppose. Um, yeah, basically a shell of a bus, no windows, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've got standard like school buses uh, for, for taking kid groups and smaller groups through. And uh, I can distinctly remember uh, as we were driving along the Savannah area, just seeing a rhino running towards us. Right. So like, you know, you've got a kid's bus, right? Like a school bus. There's a big front window. Mm. Yeah. So you just see the rhino running towards us. And then it just like detours and goes around the back of the bus and starts scratching itself on the bus. And the (laughs) bus is just wobbling from side to side. (laughs) 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 So that was, that was quite the experience at the time. Uh, I'm sure that was giving some kids heart palpitations. Uh, yeah, but that kid being you. <laughs> no, 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 I was loving it. I was keen. I was like, oh, this is this is exciting. Uh-huh. Uh, they've also got common hippos. Uh, the main population of common hippos in uh, Australia are held at Werribee Zoo. Um, yeah, uh, they've got five individuals there. Um, but it says here they're all female, so that's a bit of a problem. Um and there was a bit of an issue with one of the main breeder bull hippos has since passed away as well in the region. So there's not many of them left. Uh, it's not looking too good, unfortunately, for the for the hippos. Um, Arabian camels or dromedaries, I mentioned that at the start. Um, not too sure why they've got them just because, I suppose. Um, you know, why not? They kind of sort of fit in with everything else. Um, if I'm being generous, <laughs> it's just kind of an odd species <laughs> to have because you can. Uh, we mentioned the giraffes last episode. They've got their bachelor pad. Um, they're a hilarious animal, the giraffes. You know, uh, one of the keepers was telling me one time that they had an issue with a, a possum in one of the giraffe night pens. So the giraffe refused to go into their night pens because there was a possum in the roof. Oh, my God. They're so finicky animals, but they're like they're ginormous animals. Nothing's going to mess with them, but they're no. scared of possums. Like the in you know in Madagascar, right? How there's Melman, yeah. There's David Schwimmer's yeah. character. That is literally the perfect embodiment of a giraffe. Oh jeez, really? To a T. To a T. That whole like pedantic nature. Oh, fantastic! It's just the way it is at least from, from what I've been told from different people. Uh, we mentioned the American bison, again, just because you can. Zoos, Vicks, uh, Melbourne Zoo's done fairly well with breeding them as well over the last couple of years. The babies, so the adults are like a really rich, chocolatey brown colour. The babies coming out pumpkin orange. Oh, wow. Yeah, just, it's an interesting uh, adaptation uh, to do with, I think it's a seasonal thing with the area because where bison are found, uh, is either snow or extremely hot, basically is like the okay. two extremities. Um, so I would imagine that that, because that, that orange pelt goes away pretty quickly. 
So I would imagine that would have to do with seasonality or being able to spot the animal. I don't really know, but it's quite an interesting adaptation nevertheless. Uh, black buck, there's a nice size group of them. They're a very small antelope. The males are jet black and the females are just look like a bog standard antelope, to be honest. Um, as I said, small species, but the males are quite, quite contrasting and very nice to look at. Um, Eland, that's the one. There's plenty of those out on the savannah at uh, Werribee Zoo. There are very, very, very big, heavy, bulky species of antelope. They are huge. Uh, you don't want to be messing with one of those, put it that way. Werribee Zoo, this is a species that I have not yet seen, actually, um, at Werribee Zoo that was a recent uh, import. Uh, Nyla, which is another species of, or Nyala, I should say. It's another species of antelope. Um, so, yeah, I've not seen those at Werribee as of yet, but it is on my list. Uh, I haven't been there for, again, same with Melbourne, so I haven't been there for about two years, again, with all of the COVID mess that has been Australia. Um, I haven't been able to hit up Werribee Zoo for a while. Uh, common waterbuck. The waterbuck are set up in the same area with the black buck and a couple of uh, ostrich. Uh, and what they've basically done is carved out a, a little island with a moat. The island is full of Cape Barren geese and ibis, just because why not? Um, they're wild birds that have decided to set up shop there. Um, and Zuzvik is very proud of, or Melbourne Zoo is very, oh, Melbourne Zoo, Werribee Zoo is very proud of the bird species that um, live on site there, the native birds that live on site there. Uh, they've got a, a cast, a concrete cast of a cro crocodile that sits on the bank there just because why not? Um, so yes, it's quite a nice little setup they've got there. Uh, they've got the Adax as well um, and the Scimitar Horned Oryx, which is another one of those success stories. Uh, of zoo populations, although they are supposedly quite commonly kept in the like private sector with antelope. It's kind of interesting. Um, but they're a species that is extremely, extremely uh, rare slash critically endangered or extinct in the wild, one of the two uh, in their natural range because of their horns. Um, they're one of those animals that falls to uh, hunting a lot unfortunately, um, even though they are spectacular species to look at, just phenomenal, which is probably, unfortunately, it's probably why. Uh, one of the species that is limited to Werribee Zoo and nothing else is the vervet monkey. Uh, Werribee Zoo has got quite the population there. Um, and yeah, they're only found at, uh, at Werribee Zoo. Um, there's not much else to say about those guys. They're pretty cool to watch. They're always out and about doing stuff. There's, as I said, there's quite a large group there as well. Uh, da, 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 da. What else have Werribee Zoo got? Oh, oh yeah. The, uh, we did mention that they have the three surplus male gorillas, and I did say that there was a story behind them as well. So before mask wearing was cool, uh, when I did a uh, junior zookeeper for a day at Melbourne Zoo, um, we had to put our masks on for that. Uh, for going into the gorilla night pens. Of course, while there were no gorillas in there, you know, OHS and stuff. Um, because there's, was a, the, the keeper was, was saying that there's a high susceptibility of the human common cold getting spread to the gorillas. And they really didn't want that because it really knocks around the gorillas. 
um, which kind of shows how closely related we are, really. Um, yeah, so what we had to do... Yeah, yeah, it's quite quite interesting, hey? Um, what we had to do was, for enrichment, they would get the kids to use chalkboard, chalk to draw on the walls and on the floor. Different okay. colours and shapes and pictures and stuff. Um, and what they found was that later on, the gorillas would come in and, you know, they'd be brains be going a million miles an hour looking at all the pictures and love and life. Um, I can tell you now, I have never smelt a more musk like, oh my God, my nostrils were dying. <laughs> like imagine, imagine teenage boy bedroom dialed up to dialed up times three first. Cause there was three teenage boys. Oh gorillas, shit. Times 2000. And you're about right. That smell. <laughs> like it was clean in there. Don't get me wrong. It was clean in there, like spotless. But it reeked. Oh, my nostrils, were, my nostrils were not coping. I think we might need to give them some uh, bit of, bit of, um, 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 what's the word? Wings Africa. That, that, that's close enough. That's the one. <laughs> Let's go with that, shall we? <laughs> Um, we mentioned African lions as well. Zoo's Vix, uh, Melbourne Zoo has done really well. Uh, why do I keep saying Melbourne Zoo? Werribee Zoo has done really well uh, with their breeding program uh, of the, the lions there. They had, they've had two populations going uh, effectively, or at least they had until recently, uh, where they had the old older group, which was uh, 1.2, one male, two females. Um, and that group has slowly passed on. Uh, but the young group has pumped out, I think it was three years in a row where they were pumping out three or four babies or every two years. And that was a male and two females as well. So they've been very successful there to the point where I think they've stopped breeding them for the time being. They might've even split them up. I wouldn't be surprised there. Um, cause there's not really many places that can take on, uh, lions, as you can imagine, they're not a very cheap animal to, uh, keep that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the other one that I absolutely love that Melbourne Zoo has, uh, Melbourne Zoo, Werribee Zoo has, is the cheetah. Um, now I've got an interesting story again from another junior zookeeper for a day uh, with the cheetahs, or cheetah, I should say. There is only one of them now. Um, what they get kids to do is with um, deodorants. That's what I was. That was the word I was trying to find. Jesus, deodorants and herbs and spices. Right, so they take the the cheetah off display and they let the kids in to spread these aromatic smells and different bits and pieces because the cheetah's body is built for running there and their no nostrils are so big built for taking in oxygen they don't smell all that well, so any different smells stimulates their brain so much um and it was just fantastic. And uh, a funny story when, when, so the, the, the people that are running the keeper for a day, obviously don't tell patrons of the zoo that it's happening. So there was a lady standing at the glass for the cheetah enclosure. And she just saw a group of kids walk out onto the cat in, into the enclosure. And her face of pure terror was fantastic. Like I still have a <laughs> mental picture. Like she must've just thought, Oh my God, these kids are going to die. How did they get in? Where are they getting in? Where's the cheetah? <laughs> it's just fantastic. <laughs> and then she saw one of the keepers and she was like, oh, okay, it's fine. 
but it was hilarious. Just that, that face of pure terror. Um, but yes, and that cheetah, uh, the funny thing about that setup is that it overlooks some of the antelope <laughs> just because you can, uh, <laughs> the servals at Werribee zoo are so underrated. Oh my God. Um, if you have been to Werribee Zoo and have not seen the Serval Talk, you have not lived. I tell you, this is one of my pri- my prize talks. Absolutely love going to see the Serval Talk. Uh, the Servals themselves are not kept on display. Um, so there's there's a, two of them, um, two girls, I believe they are, sisters from memory. And what they do is every day they bring the Servals out to do a demonstration in an off-display area where a certain amount of people go in and it's like a, a naturalistic sort of spot. They've got climbing things and a pool and, you know, different bits and pieces and the keeper will chuck the food around and the servile jumps around and does, you know, does all its bits and pieces. It's a fantastic show and the talks are always phenomenal. If you have not gone and seen the servile talk at Werribee Zoo, what are you doing? Uh, get down there and go and see it. Honestly, it is one of the best. Uh, talks and demonstrations I have seen in my lifetime. And it's always good. Regardless of which keeper you get, what day it is, it's always fantastic. The African hunting dogs, painted dogs, uh, whatever you want to call them, um, there's a small group at uh, Werribee Zoo. They're they're always cool. Uh, They usually tend to not do a whole lot uh, during the day. Although there was one time which we still rant and rave about in this household where they had just set up uh, feeding for the uh, wild dogs. And what they did was they chained like a carcass up off the ground to a post. And you just saw the wild dogs just rip it to pieces. It was fantastic. It, it was like the, like the rib cage, I suppose. Um, and just came in and just shredded it to pieces. It was just fantastic to watch. Um, especially for a species that tends to be not all that active when you go and see them during the day. Meerkats, of course, they're everywhere. Dime a dozen in uh, Australian zoo collections, um, especially at Zoos Vic Parks. There's about three or four different displays of meerkats. Again, just because you can. Um, I think that is about it. These are all things that have no longer kept the park. Uh, let's go into the next list, shall we? Uh, reptiles wise, they have got uh, a few different species of tortoises. Uh, they've got leopard tortoises. They have got Bell's hinge-backed tortoises uh, and the Dumeril's bowlers are the three main reptiles that are held at Werribee Zoo. Werribee Zoo is not the place to go if you're a reptile person. Put it that way. Um, there's about five species held, I believe. Uh, those three, shinglebacks and beardies, I believe, is about it. And occasionally <laughs> occasionally a baby freshwater croc too. Um, although there is growling grass frogs as well, but spotting them is always a challenge. Uh, they're quite a cool species too, local endangered species or threatened species, I think, with uh, urbanisation being the main factor there. Anyway, um, but if you want to see Dumeril's boas and you've never seen Dumeril's boas before, you will never see as many Dumeril's boas as you will see at Werribee Zoo. <laughs> I would hazard a guess and say there's about five, six, maybe even seven enclosures oh, just geez. with Dumeril's boas in them. Because why not? 
because you can. <laughs> um, so yes, if you've never seen Dimmerals Bells before, check out Werribee Zoo. <laughs> they are rich. <laughs> They've got too many. Uh, again, with vervet monkeys being the only, uh, the only, sorry, the species that is only kept at Werribee Zoo is the vervet monkeys. Uh, they're not held anywhere else in the Australian region. Uh, as far as zoo news goes, uh, they've recently had some zebra births and some scimitar horn oryx births as well. Um, and they've, oh, they actually, we should talk about the local uh, endangered species programs as well. Um, there's a familiar face there, Dane. Uh, Yvette is uh, someone who is uh, involved with the VHS as well. Um, I hope I said the name right there. Um, she also works with the Plains Wanderers, which is a recent uh, species that Zoosvik has begun working with, particularly uh, Werribee Zoo. Um, so it says here that they released eight Plains Wanderers um, as part of a research trial, uh, and the captive yep. population is has produced 37 chicks so far, 20 from Werribee. So they've done really well with the Plains Wanderers. They are an, an endangered species from the Mali. Um, quite a fantastic species as well. Uh, not one that I have seen personally, uh, but hopefully, again, once everything comes back to normal, uh, I'll get a chance to go and give them a squiz. They are fantastic little birds. Um, quite an interesting species as well. They have a tendency to... Um, build these massive mounds for their nests, which is quite cool uh, to see as well. Now, let me just pull up the local endangered species list. Da, 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 da. I know I've clicked on this link, link like three times now. Um, give me two minutes. Dane, what, uh, from what you can remember of Werribee Zoo, give us a synopsis. Well, it's been a while since I go, but the main... The real main thing I remember is, you know, what you mentioned before was the bus tours. I remember that being really Werribee's main draw uh, for tourism. Yeah. You know, I've been went there a couple of times at school. I found it to be like, it's very small in comparison to, you know, other zoos. Like you get around it quite easily. Yeah. And there's always like the prams everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's a nice day out. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's not one, it's not a, a big variety, I suppose. And the, the main draw card is the open range area. So I suppose yeah. if you were going to make a day of it, you'd probably do the bus at least twice to really get a full appreciation of it because that is the main, the main space of the zoo. Because it is like the park itself is massive, but what you actually walk through is limited, I suppose. Yeah, very much. Uh um. As far as uh, local endangered species that Werribee Zoo work with, I've had very big success with a personal favourite of mine, the Eastern Bard Bandicoot, the mainland population at least uh, that is considered uh, extinct in the wild at the moment. Uh, Zoosvik and Werribee Zoo have contributed greatly to reintroduction programs on some of the islands, including Phillip Island, uh, French Island and Churchill Island, I believe, uh, down in Western Port Bay. Um, and they are hopefully uh, based on Previous successes of island reintroductions, they're doing pretty well as well. Um, they're a 
very important ecological species as well because they like to dig up the dirt uh, and uh, they eat a whole lot of bugs as well. But yes, they are fantastic species. Um, if you want to see them on display, there is, I believe, still two of them in the small native nocturnal house. They share that with tawny frogmouths, uh, sugar gliders, um, possibly another couple of bits and pieces as well. Uh, and in that little area there, it's like the Australian section, which is one of my favourite little areas of the park. Uh, they've got growling grass frogs. They have hopping mice. I can't remember which species. Or they're no, sorry, not hopping mice. They used to have hopping mice. Um, they've changed that to fat-tailed dunnarts, I believe. Uh, they have some stick insects, and then that that large enclosure for those nocturnal species. And then you walk out to an open area where they've got you know your kangaroos and your uh, emus, of course. You know, for tourists, that's the the draw card and koalas as well. Um, and then if you keep walking down to the end, the enclosure that uh, until recently has been the bane of my existence is the orange-bellied parrot enclosure. So they have two distinct setups down there for orange-bellied parrots. They have one that's like the people-friendly setup, if you will, and then there's one that's the bird-friendly setup uh, for d two different groups. Um, so the, the people-friendly exhibit, essentially you walk into... Um, this kind of like a, a, a an enclosed room almost. One side is a wall with little peep holes into what I can imagine is their breeding aviary. And then the other side is just an open air enclosure with a small group of orange valley parrots in that spot. Um, and I can tell you now, it took me, I want to say maybe three or four years worth of trips before I finally saw an orange valley parrot on display at Zuzik uh, Werribee Zoo. And I tell you what, I have not been so happy about going to a zoo before in my life than that day. That day I came away from that with the biggest smile ever uh, after spotting a species that had eluded me for so long. <laughs> uh, what else? As I said, the orange belly parrots are one of the main ones that zoos Vic, uh, orange belly parrots and the plains wanderers and the eastern bard bandicoots are the main ones that uh, Werribee Zoo work with as far as local endangered species go. Uh, the orange-bellied parrots, of course, are one of the few migratory birds in the world. Um, and the the cool thing about them is that they are found locally to us in the Western Treatment Plant. Um, during the winter months, they spend their winter down here getting nice and fat, and then they fly over to Melaleuca uh, in, uh, I think it's northwestern Tassie, from memory, um, where they do their breeding action, and then they make the trip to and from again every year. Um, they're a species that really hasn't coped too well with changing environments with, you know, people and invasive species and that sort of stuff. Uh, but there's been reintroduction programs, uh, a lot of reintroduction programs, I should say, uh, to the point where some get flown down to Melaleuca and are re released during breeding time to then fly back with the group to the Western treatment plant as well. Um, so it's uh, an interesting program going on there and a, quite a cool species. They are part of the Neophelma Neophelma group, uh, which is your Burks parrots and stuff like that as well. Uh, they're kind of like the size of a big fat budgie um, and they're, they're very pretty birds, green with uh, obviously that orange belly uh, and some blue and green wings as well. Quite a stunning little bird. Um, I think that's about it for 
uh, Werribee Zoo as far as their yeah their local species efforts. They do a fantastic job with those species. They are closely working with the uh, Marema Dog Program as well, or just the the Guide Dog Program for um, or Protection Dog, sorry, Protection Dog Program for endangered species. So they're working off the back of the success of the uh, program where Oddball the movie came from with the, the yep. Maruma protecting the penguins. Um, the Zoos Vic and Werribee Zoo have done heaps of work with uh, Maremas and other species of dogs. Oh, it's not species, types and breeds of dogs, sorry. Um, and protecting Eastern Bard Bandicoots um, against foxes and cats. And they've been quite successful with that program as well. And I'm very keen to see where that will go over the next couple of years because they're trialling it with other species as well that need uh, just as much help. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes um, as well. But uh, otherwise, I think that's that's most of the synopsis of uh, Where We Zoo. Dane, have you got anything else to add? Um, I'm pretty, pretty confident you've covered it all. It's a small view, small zoo with a very small range, but it has got, you know, those little diamonds in the rough. <laughs> yeah, know. yeah, that's a good way to put it. They've got the the things that you don't see every day as well. That's that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, the park itself is very well set up. If you um, you really get immersed with the uh, African culture as well, um, in the sense that yeah. they've they've presented it in that very unique sense, um, and. Uh, a lot of the don't uh, the zoo donates uh, a portion of its proceedings to uh, through the Beads for Wildlife program to groups uh, protecting the Grevy zebra, which is an endangered zebra species over in Africa. Uh, so Beads for Wildlife, yeah. if you ever go to Zoo's Vic Melbourne Zoo uh, or Werribee Zoo, I think they're both uh, and possibly Hillsville as well, definitely get behind the Beads for Wildlife program. Basically, what that gives is the uh, African families in this in this region are uh, able to use the Beads for Wildlife to fund their livings rather than using uh, heavy-hooved grazing species or grazing species in general to reduce their impact on the Grevy zebra population. Um, and they've been quite successful with that program as well. And Zoosvik has recently put their support behind a uh, white rhino program as well, I believe. So where, where you can definitely get behind some of these uh, wildlife parks and zoos with their conservation efforts, they're doing a fantastic job um, and they need as much help as they can get. Um, otherwise, I think that will just about do us for today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, if you want to see any of the antics that myself and Dane get up to, uh, you can find me at Josh's Aussie Reptiles, wherever you want to look. Uh, I'm sure you can find me somewhere. Uh, Dane, where can people follow you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Blue Horizon Reptiles. Alrighty, there you go. We hope you enjoyed. Have a good one, uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah.